6.43 on your Monday, Monday morning. Kevin Martell in for Greg Morgan. Greg is off for about the next week. He'll be back next week on vacation. And what a weekend it was. Normally when somebody goes off for vacation, certainly in the winter, I know I'm like this. And you're like it too. Come on now. Just admit it. You want it to be really cold. You want it to be really cold when you're gone. So you really get an extra bang for your buck. You're on a beach somewhere and you look at the forecast from back home or you text somebody from back home and it's like traditional minus 30 or minus 40 in Saskatchewan in the wintertime. Not this week, though. As we heard from Environment Canada this morning, 14 weather records were broken across the province yesterday for warmth, including right here in the Queen City. We got to 4.7 degrees. That beats the previous mark of 3.9 from 1909. Cypress Hills was also one of the communities that broke a record. It got to 10.7. Now, initially, Environment Canada had been calling for 12 degrees in Regina for tomorrow. Not quite that anymore. Still 7 degrees. And then, as you've been hearing in the forecast, uh, 8 on Wednesday and Thursday. Drops down a little bit on Friday. Still plus 4. And then by this upcoming weekend, turns to clouds. And a little cooler, but still plus 1 as we welcome the first few days of February. Frost festivals, got to be loving this weather, which is on continuing this week. Uh, over the weekend, this past weekend, to kind of open things up, we saw things like a hip-hop dance competition. We saw hockey circus. Saw a little bit of video, video of a guy juggling. I don't know if they were skates or not, but uh, that sounded like it was a lot of fun. Of course, you have lots of skating events outside at various places around the city in the warehouse district. At Real District as well, you have Croker Curl, you have a number of lights, just beautiful light setups to wander through, take the kids through and look at. You have horse and carriage rides, all kinds of activities. You go to the Frost website and the schedule is quite long, especially when you look at the weekends. And again, it's on all of this week, wrapping up this upcoming Sunday. To the NFL, and we know who now is in the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. The Niners rallied back in the second half to beat the Lions 34-31. At one point, we're up by 17 points. You blew it! And Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, <clears throat> Taylor Swift, and the Chiefs down Baltimore 17-10. to Oh, what great games. Those were, and now it sets up a uh, Super Bowl, I think, that will be a lot of fun to watch. Of course, Usher in the halftime show. That's almost bigger than the game for a lot of people. But for sports fans, yeah, Chiefs and the 49ers, it's a rematch from four years ago. The Chiefs will try to become the first back-to-back champs since, yep, Tom Brady in New England in 2004. The 49ers, meantime, are hoping for a record-tying sixth title. The Edmonton Oilers... Well, they're hoping for a 17th straight win after this. Rodgers plays faithful, does their job. What an electric final minute. 4-1 Edmonton, 16 wins in a row. Now they beat Nashville on Saturday. Just one more win, and they tie Pittsburgh's record of 17. But they'll have to wait, because now it's the all-star break for Edmonton. They won't play again until February the 6th. Then it'll be against Vegas. So a tough game, but a tough pause in momentum. And if you're, if, if you played sports, if you're, you know, 
if you're riding a hot streak, you know, can you keep that going? If you have to sit around for a week and a half, you know, if you're not in game mode, right? Practice mode, not the same as game mode. So it'll be interesting to see if the Oilers can come back and uh, kind of pick up where they left off. They'll try. Six fifty one on your Monday morning. Thank you for joining us to start a new work week. Join now, Andrew Shepard in the nine eighty CJME newsroom. Andrew, I wanted to ask you this: How's parenting going, buddy? Have you slept more than three hours? In a row? Yeah, yeah. Now lately, yeah. The first month, six weeks was was rough. Uh people I knew I was I knew I would get less sleep, but yep. uh but man, I thought I'd maybe get a little more than than that. Uh it was uh yeah, it's it was it was tough. It was tough. But uh no, she's sleeping well now and your brain's functioning okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How about this weather? How about this weather? And you just uh you just had it in your newscast. A number of records broken in the province. Yeah, 14 weather records across the province yesterday. Regina's among them. We hit 4.7 degrees. That beats the old record of 3.9 in 1909. The warmest of the of the records was in the Cypress Hills area, 10.7 degrees yesterday. Wow. Yeah, I guess the southwest, they always have it very warm there. And we were supposed to be 12 degrees at one point. Environment Canada had called for a high of 12 in Regina, I think, for tomorrow. For tomorrow. They've since downgraded that quite heftily, five degrees, and now it's at seven degrees uh, tomorrow. So we're expecting this warming trend to yeah, continue for and, a little and, bit. And that would be a record still, uh, the record for tomorrow's five. So if we hit oh, seven, wow. that's a record. Uh, Wednesday, the record's 8.9. The high is eight, they're calling for. Mm. Thursday's the record 6.1. That's a high of eight they're calling for. Oh, so. Wow. We could be records almost every day this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people will take that. Uh, maybe minus some who want the snow, like farmers, like Snowmobile Association, for example. But uh, for the rest of us, I think this warm, absolutely. Andrew Shepard with me from the CJME Newsroom. Uh, you have a, a doggone story for us this morning, Shep. Yeah, the dog was gone when uh, someone from the Stoughton area returned home. They, they went, uh, this was back in September. Left their dog in the acreage, as many do, uh, and uh, came home, and the dog was gone. <laughs> uh, then mo- they're, they're trying to find this dog for months. Then just just recently, they got a call from a vet in downtown Toronto <laughs> saying, hey, someone brought your dog in for a checkup, <laughs> and we, we looked at the chip and found out, well, it's your dog. Wow. <laughs> so so reportedly, this uh, someone... Uh, a man from Toronto was at a, at a work site nearby yeah. and saw the dog, thought it was a stray. Oh, okay, I'll take this, take care of this dog. Didn't want to give it over or anything, and it seemed healthy, and I don't know, just took it home to Toronto. <laughs> and it's not clear yet if that's if that's the person who took it into the vet or if yeah. this person yeah. bought the dog off that person or what. But so the dog yeah. didn't run away. It didn't run away for... <laughs> dog was <All> taken. Yeah. <laughs> Now, yeah. they're, now they're trying to figure out how to, now they got to get the dog back, whether they drive or they fly, yeah. and pay fares for the dog to fly back, and it's a whole rigmarole. Oh, wow. Andrew Shepard uh, with me. Uh, coming up uh, as well, Andrew, in your news, we'll have uh, more details. Lisa Schick is at the inquest in Melford, and as well, World Juniors. Uh, there was a little bit of a developing news over the weekend when it came to the World Juniors. Uh, what do we know from that? 
Well, it was uh, the first of five hockey players that were told to surrender has surrendered. A former NHLer, Alex Formanton, is facing charges. His lawyer won't say what. The Globe and Mail was saying that there are five players they wanted from the uh, 2018 World Junior Team uh, accused in a... uh, a group sexual assault in London in 2018. Yeah, it's that disturbing story. And yeah, the Global Mail had these details. We kind of had an indication uh, from them. We're not hearing from police until when, though, on this? A week from today. They're yeah. going to hold a news conference a week from today. They're not saying anything, but we hope to learn more from them. Yeah, one, it's still another week. We don't know when the deadline. They've told these yeah. five players to submit themselves. I don't know when it is. Only one has so far, maybe by... I'm guessing next Sunday. Yeah, all details that we're hoping to learn from police. Uh, I think uh, the public, a lot of people are following this story. We'll have more details coming up at the top of the hour in just a couple minutes with Andrew Shepard. Thank you, Andrew. Seven thirteen on your Monday morning. Thanks for joining us. We start a new work week, one that promises to potentially break some more weather records for warmth. And, of course, we're now into the last week of the coroner's inquest into the mass stabbings on James Smith, Cree Nation, and Weldon. Checking in this morning with 980 CJME senior reporter Lisa Schick, who has been there in Melfort from day number one for us. Morning, Lisa. Morning. Into the home stretch now. Uh, I just want to touch quickly on Friday's testimony because I know you talked with Greg a Friday morning uh, and through that rest of that morning and the afternoon. They were continuing to go over uh, autopsies. What did we learn from those? You know, they talked about the last five autopsies on Friday. Of course, 11 people did die uh, in those stabbings. And it it was very similar to the day before. You know, we found that um, every person did die of stab wounds. They talked about, you know, where those wounds were, what they did, that kind of thing. And it's interesting because an RCMP officer uh, early in the first week had talked about how, I guess, surprised he was, how it struck him that so many of the wounds that he saw at the triage center were to the neck and upper chest. And we heard the same thing from the uh, autopsies, that most of the wounds, almost all of them uh, that were particularly bad, were in the neck and upper chest. We also heard about, you know, how long these wounds would have taken for that person to pass away and how... Because the First Nation is is 25 minutes away from the closest hospital, it just there just wouldn't have been enough time for them for the paramedics to get out to the First Nation, get those people, get them back to the hospital for them to survive. Yeah, certainly distressing, uh, disturbing details. And this week, Lisa, we'll hear from the last few witnesses. What who's expected to to speak yet here? Well, today we are expecting to hear from two elders who work in. Uh, the prison system and had worked with Miles Sanderson when he was behind bars. We're also expected to hear uh, from a representative from the Parole Board of Canada. Now, that uh, could be an interesting one because there are a lot of questions around, you know, why Miles Sanderson was given his statutory release and when he breached those conditions the first time he was brought back to jail, but then he was released again. So a lot of questions around that from the family. 980 CJME senior reporter Lisa Schick in Melfort talking about the coroner's inquest for us this morning. How does this end, Lisa? You know, the at the end of things, we're expecting possibly uh, tomorrow, possibly Wednesday. It's going to be recommendations from the jury. Now, uh, as you know, inquests, they don't find fault. They're not trying to figure out whose fault it is that this happened. 
what they're trying to do is figure out how to fix things so that this doesn't happen again. So they're going to come out with a list of recommendations on uh, what to do. do th- are there things that need to be fixed within corrections? Are there things that need to be fixed within RCMP to to make sure that, you know, a, a mass stabbing event doesn't happen again in Saskatchewan? And then I guess after this is over, um, we're going to be going pretty closely thereafter right into almost another inquest, right? Yeah, we're expecting to see the inquest into the death of Miles Sanderson start at the end of February. Now, they haven't really gotten into much of what happened with Miles after the death of Wesley Pedersen in Weldon because they're having that second inquest. Anytime that there's a death in police custody, there has to be an inquest, and they wanted to keep that separate from the victims here. So that will start on February 26th, and it's going to go into... Uh, looking for Miles Sanderson, those uh, several days where he was kind of on the lam, it's going to go into when he was caught by RCMP there on the side of uh, Highway 11 near Rostern, and it'll talk about uh, how he died, something that we still don't know the answer to. Yeah, certainly hoping to get even more answers at that inquest. Appreciate your time this morning, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm ADCJME senior reporter Lisa Schick in Melfort. And by the way, Lisa mentioned the recommendations they're non-binding so however many recommendations this jury will come up with and there aren't a set number that they have to come up with it's whatever they feel whatever they've heard over the last two weeks two and a half weeks when it comes to the testimony from what they've heard from witnesses what will they put into recommendations they can pick a couple they can pick uh, lots so again, by midweek, we should get a better idea of what those will be as this corner's inquest ends. Seven twenty-two on your Monday morning. Record-breaking warmth. We just had it yesterday across the province, including Regina. Fourteen weather records were broken. Regina getting to plus. 4.7? Wow. Not too bad for the end of January. Joined now by Evan Bray. And Evan, this is the first time I know. you and I I'm have excited. this little crossover. Kevin so and Evan. There's, there's something there. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Evan show. Hey, Ace, are you out over the weekend enjoying yeah. some of the warmth? Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful weekend. And uh, we, we sat, we have a fire in our backyard. We often like to... Uh, like it's a planned fire. We know it's there. <laughs> Give me a real shock look. You have a fire in your backyard? You're casual. Uh, so we like to sit in the backyard and enjoy that even through the winter. And uh, so this weekend was no exception. It was yeah. beautiful out there. And you just hear so many stories just chatting with Murray Wood down the hallway. He was ice fishing this weekend. Oh, like, yeah. Lots of people just out enjoying it. And uh you know, it's a nice break, if nothing else. We know. I mean, winter's not over. We know it's still <laughs> January. Uh, but, boy, it shortens it a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. I find March is always the worst winter month, honestly. And because when it comes to March, you could have a little bit of anything. Right. You could have cold. You could have a lot of snow. You could have a blizzard, lots of gusty wind. So yeah. I find that, you know, in a couple of days, just a couple months to go, February and then March, the hard one to get through. You really are so optimistic about getting through winter. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. I wanted to text Greg while he's away on his nice holiday. Yeah. You know, hey, we were wearing short sleeves on the weekend. I like that. I, I like when it's not me <laughs> and it's somebody else who tries to escape uh, the yeah. winter. But uh, yeah, Evan Bray with me in this morning. 
have you heard, have we heard anything? And it's been a couple of weeks. I know Greg and I were talking about it a little bit last week. Have we heard anything about teachers in the province? We we saw a couple of weeks where we had one day strikes. And we haven't heard anything yeah, from, from it's, this week at all. It's been a void. Like, it's been a week, right? It was yeah. a week ago today that they were on strike. And uh, it was eerily quiet last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it all week and, and had guests on. I've got another guest who will be joining me this morning who did some work in the education system. He was an educational psychologist. Um, ended up leaving the school system with concerns about the system. And so is going to join me this morning and talk a little bit about what he saw. Um, but, a little bit of a different take. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We've heard from, I mean, we we heard from Samantha Beacott, STF president, Jeremy Cockerell, the Minister of Education, the, the Premier was yep. on the show talking about it. Yep. And then we have talked with retired teachers, current teachers, um, speech pathologists, like yeah. we've talked with everyone. And, and, you know, the funny thing is on so many of these issues is at the end I say, okay, what do we need to do to fix it? Without fail, they all say we need to come together and talk about it. And yet- I don't, I don't feel like we're doing that. <laughs> no, uh, but but maybe that's why it's been quiet. Maybe, maybe there's something going on. I, I'm not holding my breath, but we'll hear. I'm, I'm guessing we will hear something this week. Maybe what, even today. What else is coming up on the Evan Bray show? Today? Well, every Monday we do the roundtable of justice, and uh, I always look forward to that because, of course, it's a comfort area for me. Yeah, right? For I sure. can lean into justice, law enforcement, whatever. Yeah. Um, I always, I've got a real soft spot for Crime Stoppers. They are unsung heroes when it comes to the work that they do in our province, province-wide, to try and solve crime, uh, hold people accountable, recover drugs and property, those yeah. tips that we get. So we've got some guests coming in today from Crime Stoppers, and we're going to talk a little bit about the role that they play in policing. I think often people don't realize how significant the contribution that they make is, that's for sure. Have a, have a great show, Evan. Well, thank you very much.